Good morning and welcome to Calvary Church. I know you just sat down, but would you stand again with me as we uh, read our scriptures today? Uh, we don't want you to get, you'll get comfortable in just a moment. Don't worry about it. We'll sit down in just a minute. But we want to proclaim our scripture verse today, 1 Peter 1, verses 13 to 16. This is our proclamation text to prepare our hearts and our minds uh, for the word of God. So let's read this together. Ready? One, two, three. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this word. We speak it over our hearts and our minds, as well as the hearts and minds of those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says... Amen. You can take a seat this morning. Man, it is great to be at Calvary Church today. Um, Calvary Church is my home church, and my wife and I and our family, we love it here. Both my wife and I grew up at Calvary Church, so there's some, some deep love for this place. So thanks, Pastor Marty, for the invitation to be here today. Ever since we returned home from Indonesia, Pastor Marty has been so kind to us, and we're excited to be here at Calvary Church. Some of you may know me already. Uh, my name is Jamie Kemp, and, I, uh, and my family and I are your missionaries to the country of Indonesia. But before that, I was the junior high pastor here at Calvary Church. So for eight years, some of you guys are old enough to remember, yeah. I'm a little older, a little chubbier, a little less hair. All right. But for eight years, I served as the junior high pastor here at Calvary. But in 2009, my wife and I moved to Indonesia as your missionaries to work in the largest Muslim country in the world. So when people say, hey, is it, is it difficult, you know, living in a Muslim country? I like to say... Man, I did junior high ministry for eight years. Man, it's no problem living overseas. You know, that's, it's no problem compared to that. Well, now after all these years, we've pioneered a national student movement in Indonesia, pastor an international church, and lead a team of 22 people. And more, more recently, I've been serving as the director of the Global Commission for Student Ministries. It's a cooler title than it really is. But this has increased our influence beyond Indonesia and Asia Pacific and to throughout the world. And we're able to do all these things because of your faithful prayers and generous giving. So thank you, Calvary Church. Well, we are now one month into the new year. How you doing on those resolutions? <laughs> all right. Usually for me, the first month, the gym membership is working pretty good. But if you're anything like me, February is coming. And uh, my... Uh, my gym membership turns more into a donation than a membership, all right? But to start this new year off at Calvary Church, we've been doing a series called Pillars. And this month, we're focusing on, on, on building a strong foundation for our faith as well as our church. And, and these pillars are essential for fulfilling God's mission for mankind, the, the missio dei, that is the mission of God. This is God's plan to bring hope and healing to a lost and hurting world. And the local church serves as the vehicle for the mission, Missio Dei. The local church is the vehicle that serves the mission of God. 
Pastor Marty has already talked about four of these pillars of faith that we want to have as a church, that we were made for a mission. The power of prayer, the, the truth of God, and last week, honoring God with our finances. And today I want to share our fifth pillar. The Holy Spirit guards and guides our life. Today we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit guard, both guards and guides our lives. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 8, 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. Well, a couple of uh, couple months ago, I was in Colorado to preach at Pastor Josh Cook's church. Does everybody remember that guy? Um, and I was driving to the church, getting ready to, to, to meet with Pastor Josh, and, and my phone rings, and I see on the caller ID, Pastor Marty. Oh man, you ever have those moments where you get all nervous and you don't know why? You know, like like uh, like you feel guilty, but you're like, I have nothing to feel guilty about. It's like when your boss calls or something like that. You're reviewing all your conversations. You're like, did I do something wrong? Did I say something to the wrong person? And so I, I see the caller ID and I get a little nervous, but I answer the phone and and, and I'm like, hey, Pastor Marty, and, and he's nothing but kind and generous towards me. And then he does something that people rarely do, and it shocked me. He asked, Pastor Jamie, how are your kids doing? Whoa. Man, you want to know how to have impact on my life? Care for my kids. And that's exactly what Pastor Marty did. You see, I travel all around, and, and I'm meeting with pastors and preaching at churches, and, and, and people always love to ask me, how, how's Indonesia, or, or how's the ministry going, or, or who are the Bears going to pick with the number one pick in the draft, right? I get all those kind of questions, but when someone asks about my kids, man, that changes everything. I love when people ask about my kids. I show them pictures on my phone. I tell them stories of how my son broke my heart when he chose soccer over basketball. I mean, it, it touches the father's heart when people, it touches this father's heart when people want to know about my kids. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I believe it, it touches the father's heart. See, as Christians, we're, we're good at talking about the grace of God, right? I, I get the grace of God. And we're great about talking about the love of Jesus. I can, I can understand the love of, of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, he's this, this mystical and, and magical force out there that I, I don't really understand. And, and so we simply minimize the Holy Spirit to be like our conscience or a feeling. And we think of him more as Casper, the friendly ghost. But when we ignore the Holy Spirit, we miss out on one of the key pillars of our faith. So it's crucial for us to know and understand who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. It's crucial for our faith to know, to, to know and understand who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Now, there are many ways the Holy Spirit works in the lives of Christians, but I want us to see how the Holy Spirit guards and guides our life, how the Holy Spirit guards and guides our life. We see this especially in this story in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 10. The story goes like this. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at this time. So interesting. Then coming to the border of Mycenae, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. Everybody say vision. 
All right, most of you are still with me. All right, take that word vision, put it in your back pocket. We're going to come back to it later. All right, that night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia, northern Greece, was standing there pleading with him, pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So we've got these, these two missionaries. We've got Paul and Silas, these missionaries, and they've been traveling around the, and, and preaching and teaching uh, in churches throughout the Middle East. And they had plans to start churches in Asia. But that's when the Holy Spirit stops them. What? I mean, they're doing all these great things and they've got these plans to go into this unreached area of the world to do something good for God. And all of a sudden, it says the Holy Spirit stops them. Now, we don't get any details of what happened or why it happened. All we know is they were stopped by the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had that? When the Holy Spirit stops you from doing something or going somewhere? You had plans to go this way, but the Holy Spirit stops you. And this is because the, the Holy Spirit guards our lives. And this is key to our faith because, because I get and understand how the Holy Spirit guides my life, but, but, but it's just as important to understand how the Holy Spirit guards our life as well. When I was 23 years old, I was getting ready to graduate from seminary and, and I was preparing to go to the mission field. I knew God had called me to serve overseas, but as graduation neared, every door to move overseas seemed to close. I sent out applications, I had an, a, incredible interviews, and, and even had some job offers. But every time I was getting ready to say yes to something, I felt the Holy Spirit say to stop. One church, as I was nearing graduation, even flew me out to Southern California and, and, and offered me the job to be their youth pastor. It was, a, it was a dream job, a big church in L.A. County. How perfect to, to be so close to the beach, right? The, the perfect weather all year round, I thought, as a young person. And I preached there, and they offered me the job right then and there. And I remember asking the pastor, saying, hey, would you, would you give me a week to pray about it? But I knew my answer was going to be yes, all right? And as I headed back to, to finish up my degree, I began to pray. And I began to feel the Holy Spirit say, stop. That's a tough place to be. When you've got a plan, but it doesn't seem like God's plan. When you've got a lot of good options, but none of, none of them seem like God's option. When, you, when you've got to make a decision and you want to honor God with, with your life and you want to hear from God, but everything seems to be a stop sign. So I remember... I had to call that pastor and say, thanks, but no thanks. And he was shocked, and so was I. <laughs> but it just didn't seem like the right place. Now get this. One week later, I get a call from Pastor Keith at Calvary Church Naperville. And all the stop signs turn to green lights. Proverbs 19.21 says this. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevail. After that, I spent the last eight years, I spent the next eight years serving at this church, which I love, before moving to the mission field. And I'm so glad I didn't say yes to all the good plans, but waited for God's plan. You see, here's what I've learned. A, 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 good, a good plan is not always a God plan, right? A good plan is not always a God plan. There are times when God prevents us from moving forward because he's got something bigger. He's got something better for us. And so, so do we really trust God for that? It's easy to have faith 
when all the doors are open. The true test of our faith is when all the doors are closed. <laughs> when the promotion or the bonus doesn't come through. The house, the house didn't sell like we thought it would. We didn't get the job that we wanted to. But the Holy Spirit guides us uh, as much by closing doors as he does by opening doors. Right? The Holy Spirit guides us just as much by closing doors as he does by opening doors. Missionary David Livingston wanted to go to China, but God sent him to Africa. William Carey wanted to go to Polynesia, but God sent him to India. Adoriam Judson went to India, but God guided him to Burma. I wanted to go to Southern California, but God sent me to Calvary Church, Naperville. God guides us along the way to just the right place at just the right time. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the prophet Isaiah, and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I like the way the old hymnal writer says it, Garth Brooks. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers, right? The Holy Spirit not only guards our lives, but he guides our lives. The Holy Spirit not only guards our lives, but he guides our lives. Remember what's happening in our story here in the text? The Apostle Paul, he, he's following the call of God on his life. He's got the call of God on his life, and he's out there. He's planting churches in the Middle East, and he's doing his thing, and, and his plan is now to move into Asia, but suddenly he's prevented from going there. And here's how it's, how, how it's written. During the night, Paul had a vision. Everybody say vision again. All right, we'll take that out of our back pocket now, all right? had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called. Everybody say called. So we got vision and we got calling. He called us to preach the gospel to hear. And so here's the key to today's message. There's a difference between vision and calling. There's a difference between vision and calling. To all the dads here today, you are called to be a father. You don't have to pray about that one, all right? You are called to be a father. But what's your vision for your family? What's the vision of what you want your family to be like? To all the young people here, you are called to honor your parents. That's not a negotiable one, all right? That, that is written, that's the, first, that's the first commandment with a promise even, all right? So man, that, you don't need to worry about that. But young people here, what's, what's the vision for your life? Because when you have a vision for what God's called you to be and do, man, it gives you the strength to continue to stand strong for the Lord, even in the difficult times. Ladies, you are called daughters of God. And some of you need a vision to see how valuable and beautiful you are in the Lord's sight. Church, we're called to be set apart and holy. So let's get a vision for the impact God wants to have on our community and, all, and around the world. Friends, we're called to be witnesses for Jesus, to live on mission. We, we've received power from the Holy Spirit to witness. You don't have to pray, God, should I witness to my neighbor? Should I, should I witness to my, my schoolmates? Man, we need to get a vision for what our schools need to look like. We need to get a vision for what our communities need to, to look like. This is the difference between calling and vision. How many of you need a fresh vision from God for your lives today? When you believe in Jesus, 
you're already called sons and daughters of God. But I believe God is speaking something to us today to seek his vision and his purposes for our lives. You see, calling is is present faithfulness. Calling is, is being faithful in what you've been called to do in the here and now. It's being fully present in your circumstance and you need to know your calling. A faithful a faithful father, a loving mother, a godly man, a holy woman. Your calling keeps you faithful and strong even when everything else is going wrong. Now you know I'm preaching when I start rhyming, all right? That's, that's when you know it's getting good, all right? Calling is present faithfulness, but vision is a preferred future, right? Calling is being faithful in the here and now, but your vision is is the preferred future. It keeps you moving forward and trusting God that he's got something better. He's got something bigger for you, you, that his promises are still coming true for you. It's It's the hope and promises that God is for you. That, that Maybe that's why the Bible puts it this way. Where there is no vision... The people perish. For Paul and Silas, they knew their calling. They they had to go and preach the gospel and plant churches, but they were guided by a vision from God. They were guided by a vision from the Holy Spirit. In 1996, a young pastor, a young Indonesian pastor named Gatu, he was serving as the the national youth director uh, for, for a missions organization in Indonesia overseeing all the the, the youth movement of that nation and overwhelmed by the enormity of that task to lead a national student movement, he began to pray that God would send someone to him, to send somebody to Indonesia to help him with this. So for six years, Pastor Gatut would pray, God, would you send a missionary? Would you send someone to Indonesia? Well, in 2004, Calvary Church sent me to the Philippines to teach a a cohort, a a two-week graduate-level class on youth ministry. I met met pastors from from all around Asia and the Pacific Islands, and and they were looking for help to to develop their youth ministry. And Pastor Gatut was one of my students. But to be honest with you, I, I don't really remember meeting him because the class size was too big. But during one of our prayer times, Pastor Gatut, had a vision of me standing in Indonesia. But he quickly dismissed the, uh, the, the thought because he, he just assumed, well, well, why would this young youth pastor want to leave America? Why would he leave a successful church and, and the work he's doing there to come to, to Indonesia? So he kept the vision to himself and didn't share it with anyone. Well, that trip profoundly affected Tosh and I, as most missions trips do. Calvary Church is actually coming to Indonesia uh, this fall, so sign up for that. That missions trip profoundly affected Tashina's life. You see, we'd always felt a calling to work with the next generation, to work with young people, but, but, we, but we didn't know what that looked like as missionaries. And I'd always thought, well, I'll be a youth pastor in America, and then someday I'll, I'll move to the mission field and, and, and do real ministry and work with adults over there, right? Because I, I never knew you could do youth ministry as a missionary. And for the first time during that trip, I could see that my, how, 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 I, how I could live overseas and, and my, my calling to missions could connect with my skills and my passion for working with young people. And it was a life-changing moment for me. So in 2009, when we felt the call to leave Calvary to move to Indonesia, something interesting happened when we arrived. Worship team, you guys can come help me close and you guys can get excited. 
So in 2009, Calvary Church laid hands on my wife and I, prayed for us, and sent us off to Indonesia. And something interesting happened when we arrived. The president of the largest Bible college in Indonesia greeted us as if we were old friends. He invited us into his house, and he said, Pastor Jamie, my name is Gatut, and I've been praying for you. With tears in his eyes and excitement in his voice, he began to share with, with us his prayer for the last 13 years and the vision he had back in 2004. And he ended it by saying this. He said, Pastor Jamie, you are the answer to my prayers. And here's what happens when you're guarded and guided by the Holy Spirit. You become the answer to someone else's prayers. And have you ever thought of that today? That you are the answer to someone else's prayers prayers. Do you realize how, how significant you are to the kingdom of God? Do you know how important you are to this church? I mean, we're, we're so great about thinking, about asking God to answer our prayers. We're so great about looking for other people to help us. But did you ever imagine this, that you could be the answer to someone else's prayers? The person sitting next to you, the person in your row has been waiting and praying, God, would you send someone to my life to encourage me? Perhaps you're sitting in that row to encourage that person to be an answer to their prayer. Your small group is waiting for you to bring something more than just a, a, a food to share, but maybe a word from God to encourage other people. The church is waiting for you to become a disciple maker, to rise up and be a leader here, not just to be a church attender. You are an answer to God, someone else's prayers. I can't help but think of the young people today, the teens that they need godly men and women of God in their lives. You see, I've mentored hundreds of young people, and now my prayer is, God, send someone to my kids to do for them what I've done for others. You could be an answer to someone else's prayers. This is what it means to, when we say the, the Holy Spirit guards and guides our life. It's one thing for the Holy Spirit to prevent us to say, hey, this isn't the direction I want you to go. But he doesn't just, he doesn't just put stop signs in our life. But man, he puts the green lights in our life so that we can go in the direction that he wants us to guide and direct us and to lead us into great things. And this is what I want to encourage us today with. That, man, you are called sons and daughters. But, man, would you get a vision for your life? And when you get a vision for what God's called you to be and do, wow, you start being a blessing to those around you. You start being an answer to someone else's prayers. And this is what it means to be guided and guarded by the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me today? Because here's what I want to do. How many of you want to be used by God. How, wouldn't it be cool to be, to be the answer to someone else's prayer? I mean, so often we're looking for other people to answer our prayers. 
But perhaps today we need to, to turn this thing upside down. We need to, to turn it on his head and say, you know what? I'm not looking for someone else. I, I need to rise up. I need to rise up and be the answer to someone else's prayer. I need to be a blessing to someone else. And when you're guided and guarded by the Holy Spirit, that's exactly what he does. So if you're here today, you'd say, Pastor Jamie, would you pray for me? I, I have a heart today to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to be a blessing to those around me. I want to be the answer to someone else. Just go ahead in your workplace, at your school, or better yet, let it start in your home. And if that's you, you want to be used by God. You want to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Man, just lift your hands to God today. I want to pray for you. Just go ahead. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that, that you've got the call of God on our life, that we are called sons and daughters of God. And so today we lift our hands. We lift our hearts to you saying, God, give us a vision now. Give us a vision for how we can serve this church to see the mission of God accomplished. God, give us a vision for our, our, our community. God, more importantly, I pray you give us a vision for our families, what they need to look like. Make us godly fathers and mothers to be godly brothers and sisters. Oh God, we lift our hands, we lift our hearts today to say, God, would you use us today? Would you use us today? Hey, let's just begin to worship the Lord, begin to express our hearts to the, for the things of God today. Hallelujah.